0: The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877 337 6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus.
1: Oh. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. 304. Nick here with you. We got two hours left, three hours down on our five-hour midnight ride. 877 337 We've kind of touched on a lot of different topics this morning, throwing a lot of different stuff around. Uh, we didn't get a chance, and Jesse wants to talk about it, so we didn't get a really chance to talk about uh, Quentin Grimes yet and the rumors that the Knicks are open to trading uh, Quentin Grimes and looking uh, for uh, someone to trade with. And look. I think we're seeing now with uh Brunson out with the calf when they when they need you know the ba- right now the 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 backcourt when they need a basket they don't really have you know I I like Grimes uh Deuce is a nice little player but they need someone who can be that backup point guard and be more dynamic offensively they just do uh it's quite clear so if they're going to move Grimes and and try and get a, a Brogdon or someone like that bringing someone here to help with that secondary role to Brunson because when Brunson's down, you know, yeah, they managed to win a game, uh, but they they blew a game they should have won against uh, Orlando, and that is the minute quickly was gone, you knew that was an issue, that instant offense guy, and through the first seven or eight games since the trade, you know, Grimes and, and, and Deuce have done okay, but when you really are without Brunson, you realize that's a weakness for the team. And it's a move that you figured was coming and, you know, Quentin is someone who could, you know, provide value and good could, could get a return or be a piece for a return for, you know, one of these guys that will help the team. And right now, they're looking to make a move. Where it's we talked about it. It's probably not going to be the big move. It's not going to be a superstar move, but it can be someone who's a, a a much better, legitimate offensive weapon off the bench at the point guard position, at the guard position. And I think it's probably the smart move. They need to improve in that area. You know, they could they you, listen, you're always looking for more size, but right now at that at that guard position, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to replace cuz I like everything Anna uh, Ananubi did, right? The defense, even the size, the the starting 5 fits much better. It fits so much better it's not even funny. His ability to be an elite wing defender, which is something they were desperate for. Their defense was trending to be one of the worst in the in the league before making the trade. His ability to hit shots from uh, you know the corner three in particular, his efficiency scoring the basketball, his length, his ability to to be a, a perimeter defender and shut down the opposing's best player, play you know one through five defensively, uh, maybe you know maybe not one two through five whatever. You know his ability to play multiple positions defensively has really. Change the dynamic. Hartenstein playing the way he's played has really changed the dynamic. But what they need is what they gave away with quickly. They need someone to come off the bench, someone to be that instant offense and instant energy and have somewhere to go when Brunson's not on the floor. So however they need to accomplish that, that's what they need to accomplish to really make this a well-rounded group that can, you know, without the superstar or without the perceived superstar, Although Brunson's close and Randall can play like one on any given night, can they, you know, take on the beast of the East? And they'll probably need one more move to do it. And right now, it seems like Quentin Grimes might be a part of a trade that would try and go get it. Uh, Jesse in Queens, how are you feeling about it?
2: Hey Chris, what's up? What's uh, up, man? How are you? Not, I agree that they they need somebody to come in, but I love I love Quentin Grimes. Yeah, he's automatic as a shooter. I heard that. Um, DeJounte Murray might just cost two first round picks without, without it trading any players. So I would look into that because if you could just get DeJounte Murray for uh, two first round picks yeah. and not give up Quentin, uh, Quentin Grimes. I mean, he's, I watch him and he's making all his threes. He needs more time. He, he, he possibly can be off the bench, instant scorer, you know, but they should, you know, try him in that role, give him more time. And the problem with Tibbs is, you know, once, once you're not in the circle, you know, he doesn't, you know, he keeps you, you know, he puts you in his little doghouse or doesn't give you the minutes you need. You know what he does. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think Grimes needs more time. Tibbs needs, needs to give him more, you know, a, a chance to develop. And he can be that guy and, and go after um, DeJounte Murray for two first-round picks. It won't cost you Grimes. And there you go. You have a better team. I yeah. don't want to give up guys.
1: Yeah, too. I mean I I don't he's not someone that's it's gonna you know, right now he's shooting uh thirty nine percent from three point um I mean that's not you are looking you're looking for a little bit better, but you're right, he's hit some shots. He's not I, I like him. Don't get me wrong, I do like him. Uh and if you can find a way to keep him and make the trades you you need, I'm not opposed to it. But right now I kinda I love that trade so much, the Ananobi trade and what it's done to transform the team. That I kind of right now, I trust Leon Rose and I trust Tibbs to make the right move. And if they feel that right now, you know, Quentin in a trade to bring in someone else and open up that spot and not, you know, maybe create a logjam or have someone like, you know, you make the trade and then suddenly Grimes gets no minutes, what's the point of having him, you know? So I mean, if they make a trade that impacts his minutes, why not move on from him?
2: What do you think? Dejounte Murray might might do the trick? They can mean, for two first. Yeah, office. I
1: mean, listen, he's a great player. That would be an excellent fit. Um, I mean, it 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 moves uh, Di Vincenzo to the bench, probably, uh, which which is fine. Then Di that guy, I suppose. But like, I I don't have a problem with it. It would be great. I just don't. I mean, we got to see if they're rumored to do something like that. I don't know that that might be a bit large. I don't know if they're still looking for something like that. We don't even know if he's necessarily. I mean, I know he's been rumored, but we got to see. But right now. The rumor is Quentin Grimes, and I'm I can't be opposed to it. Like I can't, I that's not something I can't be willing to do. You have to be willing. I mean, come on, you're willing to do that to move on and make make that move that puts them over the top. Grimes won't be that guy. However much you like him, I mean, we like all these guys. We loved quickly, right? Same thing. All quick! Uh, the initial reaction from the fan base was, "What a terrible trade! What did we do?" Oh, sure, we you know we made ourselves maybe you know three games better, but we lost. You know, quickly, we lost. That's a lot to give up for that. Like, that was the, the thought. And instantly, I mean, that's long gone. That conversation is long gone. Nobody. I mean, we might miss quickly on occasion. And you might have missed him the other night without without uh, Brunson. But you are not. I mean, no one is, any, is talking anymore about missing quickly or m- missing Barrett at all that's how much the chain the that trade has made uh, that what a dynamic shift that trade has made and so for me right now i i think and and again i've mentioned this a lot the instant impact the instant impact the nature of how quickly that trade immediately transformed the team it makes me feel really good about the feel that Tibbs and Rose have on the team like, to make a move like that, and we knew it could help, and we, when the trade was made, sure, there were positives to it. As, as much as I just said, the reaction was negative in many, many cases from the fan base, at least. not Maybe not the pundits, but from the fan base. Uh, it just felt like the the trade was universally banned. Oh, how'd you get rid of quickly? So good. Uh, you know, R.J. Barrett, he was the third overall pick, you know. For a guy who's, you know, okay, he's the best player in the deal, but he's not that better, it doesn't put them over the top. You're wasting all this draft, you're wasting all this trade equity on guys who make us marginally better, blah, blah, blah. And instantly it transformed the team. So for me, when a trade is made and it instantly has the exact desired impact that the coach and the GM had in mind. And I say, coach with the GM, because we know the you know it's coaching, it's making trades and moves to fit into his coaching st- his coaching style. Like when it works that quickly and that well, right now, I feel like they've got a good feel for what the team needs and what it doesn't, and they got a good feel for what's going to work and what's going to impact this team. This is a team he's been coaching for a while. I know Brunson's only been a year, but Randall's been here a while. Like I, um, I think Tibbs has a really good feel on this team. Now, again, for years, and you know, we've been talking about the limit and the ceiling of a Thibodeau coach team, and I'm still a little bit concerned that that's there, and ultimately they'll fall short, and they'll be a really good, a much better now with Ananobi, a good defensive team, a good hustle team, a good rebounding team, you know, hopefully now you know a good three-pointing shooting team, and have a couple of guys who can score. But ultimately, you know, a Tibbs-based team is going to fail and come up short in the postseason, and right now that's what it's been. And you know, Julius Randle has had a lot to do with it, and we need him to play much better. But that being said, like if there's gonna be a team that doesn't have the quote unquote superstar, it's gonna be led by a coach like Thibodeau that's gonna break through. And right now you just have the feeling he knows exactly what the team needs, exactly what that is going to impact this team. And if they're looking to trade Grimes right now, I'm on board. As much as as crazy as this as crazy as this is to say excuse me as crazy as this is to say from the 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 recent history the long term history of this franchise i feel about as good about them and as good as i feel in their you know decision makers and as good about you know just open to anything they do being the right move at the moment as i've been in a long time and so right now, whatever they decide to do, Grimes is not is certainly someone I like, but it's not somebody I would blink if they made a move for. And the instant, the instant gratification we got from that trade makes me think that they have a real good feel for this, they understand what they need, and now having a good two weeks or whatever it's been, and however many games it's been since the trade, now he's got a feel for how this team operates, and especially what you just saw. With the idea of Brunson, and when he's not there, what they lack, I'm willing to trust this group right now to go out and make the trade that makes this team better and fills that hole that they need. Stuart in Brooklyn, what's up, Stu Pot? Stu, really, Stu, really, really unbelievable. This is probably because he probably took what I said last night as an insult. It's not what I meant, Stu. Don't call up, say you're there, and then not be there, Stu. What I said about Stu, and it's 100% true, and you're noticing there are different callers like this, there are callers who have what they want to talk about. And that's what they want to talk about. Doesn't matter what they hear while they're on hold, and they're going to come out firing. And whatever they say, "Ah, I want to talk about this, and go right into it. And then there are callers. These are veteran callers. These are seasoned callers. These are callers who want to get into my good graces. These are callers who want to really, you know, be an impact on the show and be a name that you hear all the time on the show and have a relationship with me, which I embrace and welcome. But they will talk about, they will have an idea of what they want to talk about when they make the call, and then they will just adjust to whatever I, what I'm talking about when I take them. I'm talking Knicks right now, so that's that's what we'll talk. In a minute, I'm going to be talking about a um a celebrity ghost haunting her ex husband or her, her former husband, and then suddenly we'll have a paranormal conversation if that's the way it goes. But Stu will talk about whatever it is I'm talking about because he wants to be considerate and kind. Then he'll try and get to his point, but he wants to make sure that he knows I'm that I know I'm heard and that he's there for me. And that's the warm embrace of Stu from Brooklyn. So thank you, Stu Pop. We're gonna try again. You there?
3: Yeah, I'm here. Ah, oh, there you there go.
1: There we go.
3: There we go.
1: What the hell I, happened
4: before?
3: I don't know. You hit the button, I tossed out talking, you didn't hear me. I didn't I hear a
1: thing you said.
3: No, I I heard you though.
1: Oh, okay. Well uh, I didn't hear uh, you.
3: All right. Well, let's say this they need somebody if Brunson goes down to take to pick up the slot because they, right now they don't have anybody. Quentin Grimes is not the answer, but Briden not the answer. And uh, I know Randall Randall could pick up some of it, but not all of it. And when Brunson's down, they, they fall off. They definitely fall off in their style of play, and uh, their defense definitely falls off.
1: Of course. Yeah, I so, totally agree. And that's you know that, that was a role that quickly, you know, I mean. Emmanuel quickly fit the role. Fit because the one role. One
3: of the guy like, like Ionobi who plays defense and hits the three, he needed to give up something to yeah. get something.
1: I mean, he, he fit the role so well that it almost felt like the bench unit was more cohesive than the starting unit because yeah. Bar- Barrett never quite fit the way Ananubi fit. So it yeah. was almost like when you stepped in he he didn't he didn't fit the games of Randall and Brunson as well as uh, as well as uh, OG Ananubi does. Right. So like when the when the second unit would come in and quickly would take over like and <laughs> and, and and Barrett and him would uh, they would fit better. But they would yeah. it, it was it was almost like the second unit was a little bit more cohesive and they would get that instant scoring and what? so that's why we all fell in love with quickly. But I knew once they didn't come to a contract extension with quick, that he, yeah, was, he was that he gone. that his days were numbered. Yeah, yeah. And so because the they, they
3: weren't going to pay him hundred million
1: dollars. They don't. They don't. They view him as the way they view him. He's blocked by Brunson. Like he was going to be this role and this role. However good he played it, is not worth the money he could get right. uh, with other teams. At least that's he's how the Knicks viewed it. They probably will. He, he might. He's. Uh, he's He's played relatively well for them, and I hope that it does fit. I hope it's a trade that works out for both teams because it has absolutely worked out for the Knicks. But they do need that him, guy. Yeah,
3: losing him, lose he what the second unit suffers. Correct. And uh, yeah, but like you say, you have to give up something to get something. Of course, and they got I know now they have to find a replacement for Quigley.
1: That's it. And right now it sounds like that's you know uh, and uh, and thank you for the call, Stu Pot. I think that's what you're looking at. I think that that's the move they're looking to try and make. And it might cost them Grimes. And especially if you're going to get someone who is going to take that role and then put Grimes further into the bench, then what's the point of having him if you can use the value of Grimes to get someone? I guess that makes that makes sense to me. But again, right now for the first time in my I mean we're talking, you know, Van Gundy. I mean we're talking a long time ago. I don't know when's the last time I had this much faith Now, I was all for the Phil Jackson hire. It it just never came. At no moment did it come to fruition. I guess maybe after Porzingis, that trade was was kind of, you know, the fan base didn't love it, and we were so-so on it. And then he became, you know, great. And you're like, okay, maybe Phil Jackson does know what he's doing. But that lasted about 10 minutes. And and not that I know if Leon Rose knows what he's doing, but he's built a perennial perennial playoff team here, which shouldn't be that hard in the NBA. But he has, and that's eluded the Knicks forever. And now he just made a move that instantly did everything you wanted it to do. Like it it could not have been better fit. It could not have, it could not have done better. The trade could not have been more successful in the short term. So right now, I'm all on board. I don't care what the rumor is. Go do it. Go bolster this team because I, I amazingly enough I believe in them. I believe in the New York Knicks because they're dudes and dogs. And they're going to do damage. And they're for real. And they're back. And they're dudes and dogs. Because that's what they do. They're dudes and dogs. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan.
0: Play fake. Jones rolls left. Throws left. Wide open for the touchdown. is Bellinger. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: Let's go. You know, we were just talking about it in the uh, control room there. Uh, me, Carlos, and Mike. This free agent, the baseball offseason is just – it's puzzling. Like, I don't understand. Like, Mike's been saying it. Uh, Fleegelman's been saying it for a while to me. Like, if you were to take – and we've been able to say it for weeks now. If you were to take all the uh, still available free agents and just build the team – it's a playoff team at the bare minimum in Major League Baseball right now. It might be one of the better teams in the league. Like, the, the, the bullpen, the, the rotation. Like, it's just unbelievable. All these guys have gone unsigned. We go week. I mean, it's, it's January 17th. We have no And, like, there are certain teams that are puzzling to me. Like, the San Francisco Giants is one that, like, they've been trying to do something big forever, Right? They had that miraculous year a few, uh, a couple years ago where they won 100 games, lost in the playoffs, but had that really nice season. And they've done nothing since. It's been a disaster. They fired Kapler. Um, you know, it's just been a rough go for them. And they've been trying to sign big player after big player. They almost have Correa signed, it gets pulled out from underneath them. They go out and try and sign Judge. Uh, Arson Judge goes there, but not Aaron Judge. Like it's just every tri- every try they've tried multiple times, big time to go spend big money. And this offseason, now I know these guys are all still available, but they signed uh, an outfielder from uh, the Korean League that people project as 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 almost as good as Triple A. Like, yeah, he's a three forty hitter in the in, in 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 a league that you can't be sure Major League Baseball players come from, and they paid him a, a pretty big number uh, to play outfield for them. And now they're converting uh, you know Hicks or a hard throwing reliever into a starter. Those are their moves. Like, this is a team that tried to spend $300 million on Correa, $350 million on Judge, and now they're doing nothing in this one. Like, I don't The Cubs have done nothing. Uh like a lot of and you know, Carlos is a Cubs fan, he's, he's disappointed in their offseason and the, and their ability to, you know, try and compete inside that division. That's very, you know, winnable. Like, there's just a lot, you know. Is there even a market for Bellinger? You know what I think has a lot to do with it is that Boris is the 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 manager for so many of these like so many of these free agents are Scott are, are Boris clients that it's it's almost like he has no fear. I mentioned this before. There's no worry about the other guys in the market. Going somewhere else, so you have to do something quick before this other team pivots to the other guy. He owns all the guys, like Montgomery and Snell can't play against each other. Like it's not. Oh, we better do something. Like he's he knows the market for he knows the market for everybody. So he's like, you're not going to fool me because I know where you're going. I know what you've offered for that other pitcher. I know how close you are. You can't fool me with some... You can't threaten me with some pivot. I got them all. I think that's part of it on some level. But I have no idea what's going on with this free agency. There are teams like the Mets who don't want to be involved in it. There are teams like the Giants who are making odd moves when I thought they were going to have a big offseason and spend a lot of money and be determined to bring a star to San Francisco. I mean, I don't... Toronto... Was in on this, in on that, in on this. Hasn't done much. Like, I don't even know what the market for Bellinger is right now. Bellinger, who without, besides Otani, who's not going to hit this year, is clearly the biggest name in in uh, as far as offense goes. I mean, he's a former MVP. We know how what kind of year he had, a resurgence year with the Cubs. Nothing. I've heard nothing on him. It's just nothing but speculation. This Major League Baseball offseason... They've got to do something. If this hasn't, I mean, it's killing the sport. It's killing the sport. While the NFL, I mean, I know they don't compete with the NFL, but while the NFL is literally adding days to the calendar, and, you, know, I, I mean, I, I think the NFL found something with the the MLK Day. I think that's what they should do. I, I think there's a chance they do it, and I honestly think it works better. Like, for this super wild card, they should do two, two, and two. Everybody's home. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, two games on Monday. I think it was perfect. So, I mean, I think you could see the NFL do that. So, like, while they're dominating Christmas, taking over holidays, this Major League Baseball has created zero buzz with its offseason. It got... It, it did them no favors that the biggest superstar in the sport had no interest in building any kind of dynamic or any kind of interest, should I say. None. He had no interest. I mean, to the point where we were literally chasing planes. Like, literally following flight pans of airplanes, trying to figure out where Otani was going. He had no interest in, in, in letting us in. He had no interest in building this up. None. Yamamoto did a little bit, but that was so, everything was, I mean, the reports every day, like, it's just, it leads to speculation that makes you not care about what the reporters say and dismiss everything. Like, nothing that comes out, and, and lately it's been nothing, but anything that comes out, it's just like, yeah, okay, whatever, tell me when it's done. Like, we no longer care we or get excited about speculation because so many people have been wrong and or just, it never goes anywhere because nobody's signing. They got to figure out a way to put a time limit on it. I, I'm sorry, they have to. If they if they can put a pitch clock in the game, they can put a uh, sign clock in the off in the off season. They just have to make this a couple of weeks and actually build a period of excitement for Major League Baseball. This is just a drag out. Nobody cares, and it leads to ultimate like anti anti-clim- uh, anti climactic signings. No one's going to care pitchers and catchers are put on valentines day we're going to be right into the baseball season and, they, and and people are going to be interested in pitchers and catchers and spring training anyway before you, you get into these these signings and i like it's just i don't know what caused this this hardly non-existent market for a lot of these guys or why it's taking forever i know that uh, it sounds like at least that the, the Texas Rangers are waiting for some tv deals and, and to figure out exactly where they're going to be in that situation, and maybe that's why Montgomery's taking forever, because he's waiting until they play it out because he wants to go back there, and right now they don't have the money to sign him or uh, whatever the case may be. I don't know. But they have got to figure out a way to make this more exciting. They've they've spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of arguing and bickering about how to make the sport more interesting, which, okay, that's that's I agree, that's plan one. Now, try and create some enthusiasm for a sport where a guy signed for $700 million in one of the more interesting c- contracts in the history of professional sports. Like, g- guys making money hand over fist. Like, the sport's in a good place for the most part, at least I, I think it is. It's not the NFL. But I think it's in a pretty good spot. I mean, they just paid $700 million to a player. The Dodgers spent a billion dollars in the offseason. And there is no buzz surrounding this. We have no idea the market. We have no idea the interest. Teams are quieter than ever. Like, it's just bizarre. And it really sucks. Because I want to get into baseball. I don't want to have to be coming up with, you know, manufactured Gary Sheffield points, even though I, I, you know, I do believe it. This is his last year. He's he's 50. Last year, he was 55% of the vote. So he needs to jump up 20%. If he wants to make it into the hole, that's a big jump in one year. Right now, Todd Helton seems like a guy last year who was <clears throat> right there at 72%. You could see Todd Helton make it. You could see Billy Wagner make it. Andrew Jones, like for, like for example, Andrew Jones, all right, Andrew Jones is one of the great center fielders, uh, defensive center fielders we've ever seen. It's totally true. And he hit a lot of home runs. And you know, early on, obviously the ninety six World Series, he hit a lot of home runs. He was a dangerous hitter. Don't get me wrong, he was a dangerous hitter. And because of the defense, it's a different argument. But if your team <clears throat> it's say it's the bottom of the ninth, your closer's on the mound, you're up a run, man on second base. Who would you rather see up? Would you rather face Andrew Jones in that spot or would you rather face Gary Sheffield? It's not even close. For me, it's not even close. If I had to walk Gary Sheffield to pitch to Andrew Jones, I'd do it 10 times. I'd do it 10 out of 10 times. Now I know, again, great center fielder to a probably below average outfielder who started his career as a third baseman for Milwaukee. So I get that part of it. Defense does play a part of the game, but just as far as like dangerous hitter, give me Gary Sheffield. Carlos Beltran's right behind him at 46%. Alex Rodriguez obviously belongs in the Hall of Fame. Manny Ramirez belongs in the Hall of Fame. There's a Andy Pettits another Yankee at 17% that people get all hung up on. I love Andy Pettit. He's not a Hall of Famer. I mean he was was he the ace of the pitching staff one year? Like you know, I love Andy Pettit, don't get me wrong. Love him with a passion. One of the coolest guys I ever had a chance to meet. I met him at one of the events Mike did or whatever. And ne- I walked up to him and said the typical, you know, Yankee nonsense you would say when you meet your hero. Something along the lines of, you know, thank you so much. You know, you guys were the best. I, I You know, so many of my good memories are because of you guys. And he, like, I remember he honestly, like, looked genuinely like, wow, thank you. Which is either full of crap because he hears it a hundred times and he's perfected that lie. Or he's, one, you know, he just, for whatever reason, was still taken aback when people had that opinion of him. But love Andy Pettit. He's just not a Hall of Famer. 877-337-6666. And Gary Sheffield is. And I really wish, I really wish Major League Baseball would actually do something. And again, with the New York Yankees, I mean, we're talking about whether or not, you know, bandanas and durags are going to be allowed on a in a Yankee uniform. Like that's what we're that's what that's the talking point of the New York Yankees right now because nothing is going on. We have no idea. I mean, I I don't think they're done. They have to go out and sign more pitching one way or another, whether they go out and do a bullpen or whether they go out and add to the starting rotation, which I would rather see. The Yankees still need bullpen arms, don't get me wrong, and I'd love to bring back uh, Wandy Peralta. I think he's great. Uh, you know, uh, Neris is someone they're looking at. That's someone I could obviously be willing to bring in. I don't want to... I'm hesitant on Hater. I'm hesitant to give $100 million. Now, he's the best closer in baseball, arguably. And I just feel like, you know, it would help this year. And I'm all in on this year. But the Yankees have done such an incredible job of building bullpens out of nothing. Like, guys, they bring in through the organization or make last second trades for, uh, you know. And they've done, I, I really feel like their bullpen is pretty good overall. And they've done a really good job, and they need to add more. But to give $100 million to secure a spot that I feel okay about, as crazy as I am, I do, I feel crazy. They could use a closer, don't get me wrong. I think Holmes can be the closer if they can get him right. I know a lot of Yankee fans disagree with me. And Hayter would add a significant piece to this team, but $100 million for a closer who's been doing it a long time, I would just fear it's on the wrong side. And I got to pay. I got to pay Soto next year. And I just... I'm hesitant to do it. I'd rather be. I'd rather do what they do, and go find it on that. Matt Blake turns into a legitimate back end of the rotation piece. Like that's what I'd rather do than spend hundred million dollars on a closer. I'd rather go get that that top of the line starter. And then who knows? Maybe for a year, if they get another starter, you're looking at Clark Schmidt being out of the rotation. Could I see Clark Schmidt transition to a closer for a year? Now the problem with that is innings if he envisions being a starter next year he's not going to have a lot of innings if he goes to the bullpen at a a back end of the ro- back end of the bullpen role it's one thing if he's a <clears throat> spot starter sixth man he might be able to get some sort of innings that could help him next year but if he f- if he fully transitions to eighth ninth inning he's not going to get the innings and next year his starting will be in question i'm sure i don't know how happy he'd be to do that but i'd be open to it like Those are the kind of things the Yankees have done really, really well. And I just don't think they need to go out and pay $100 million for a closer. Now, if that number comes down, which I'm thinking a lot of numbers might come down. Let's see if Snell's numbers come down, Montgomery's numbers come down. I mean, certainly I think it's very plausible that um, Bellinger's numbers come down. Now, I don't think the Yankees are interested in Bellinger, but and I don't think the Mets are interested in Bellinger, and I understand why. But Maybe it gets to a point where the numbers just make sense. I don't know. And that's what I think everyone's waiting for. And the same thing with the Yankees on the trade market. I would still go out there and trade. I would still go out there and look to get Burns. I'd still go out there and look to get B- a Bieber. I'd still go out there and look to see, you know, maybe there's some, you know, some rumors to this, this some of the Seattle rotation pieces being available. But right now the asking price is so high the Yankees are no longer doing comfortability. <clears throat> Excuse me, uncomfortability. There was one guy, and that's why I screamed about the Yamamoto signing over and over again because that was the one guy I knew they'd go and do something that they were uncomfortable with. And right now they've fallen back in line with Brian Cashman's main line of thinking, which in generalities is a smart way of thinking. Hey, I'm not going to do anything I don't like. I mean, that's that's <clears throat> typically hey, you know a, a decent way to go about it, certainly the way the Mets are going about it right now. But the Yankees are all in on this year. And they're gonna to have to do something they're uncomfortable with. And while I think Strowman is is a is a pretty decent signing, and I do think it's about as valuable uh, for the money for what you're actually getting, at least on the mound. Hopefully, you know, there's always a chance where we've talked about it forever, that it becomes a distraction, that he's too thin skinned. I don't know if I think we should automatically block him, like Sean Mirage <laughs> proposed, but it could become an issue. But when you talk about just the pitcher and the money they gave up for him, that's about as valuable a contract and as good a contract given in this offseason. Now, they need to do more, but that's that's the kind of moves Cashman's back to. All right, we'll pivot to Snell a little bit. We'll give Snell the absolute top of what we're willing to pay him, $150 million. He says no. Transition right to the most favorable deal. We got a guy who clearly wants to be a Yankee who went on Instagram again talking about how excited he is to put on the pinstripes. This guy clearly wanted to be a Yankee his whole career. And he's the kind of guy that when people don't do what he wants for him, he gets pissed off and and lashes out. And now, to be fair, Cashman said the first disparaging comment when he said that he didn't view Stroman as a difference maker, but then he went on a rampage knocking Yankee fans, knocking the Yankees, knocking the Yankees rotation. I mean, that's a lot of guys would just take that with a grain of sand and say, okay, I'll show you. But he's the kind of guy who reacts to all this stuff, which could be an issue. We'll see. A lot of people think that he's built for this. We will see. But he's a good pitcher, and he's a good middle-of-the-rotation pitcher, and for the value they got, it's an excellent contract. But that's where we back are with the Yankees. The Soto, they probably gave up more than they like. I'm pretty confident to say that Brian Cashman gave up more than they would have liked. I think $300 million for Yamamoto, which is what they offered – for a pitcher who never pitched in Major League Baseball, was probably more than what they were comfortable with. But they were willing to do it because they felt he was a dynamic, game-changing player. They don't see Snell that way. They don't see Montgomery that way. I don't think they see Hader that way. And they've proved that they are not going to go above and beyond, and they are not going to do anything they're uncomfortable with to go improve this team. They're going to wait and see if they can get something more comfortable. They're gonna see if they can slip on something. They're not gonna do this in a suit. They're gonna see if they can go upstairs and slip into something a little bit more comfortable. And they'll wait. And they'll wait for that hoodie footy. They will wait for those for that nylon slip on. They'll wait for the satin slip on. They'll wait. But right now, they're sitting and you know they're sitting and waiting because they're waiting to get comfortable. And it's pissing me off. 877 337 66 66. McMonagle here with you. Right here on the fan. We got another hour and 15 minutes to go. We've pretty much opened it up to everything. We'll get back to the football and how I am confident, confident that the storyline surrounding Brian Dable and the New York Giants is a positive one and will lead to them doing the right thing. 877 337 66 66. McMonagle here with you on the fan.
5: Home of Evan and Tiki in the afternoon. I worry if you bring in a guy like Trevor Bauer, what the what it does to the clubhouse. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. This new year, it's time to finally lose that weight the safe and natural way with NJ Diet. The results are nearly twice as fast as weight loss injections and without any of those nasty side effects. With NJ Diet, you will lose 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days, contractually guaranteed. NJ Diet uses your hair and saliva along with bioenergetic scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements that gets your body into the fat burning zone. Then NJ Diet uses your DNA info to help you keep the weight off. Don't take shots the rest of your life. Lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days naturally, quickly, and safely with NJ Diet. No hormones, no prepackaged foods, and no shots. You even get the doctor's personal email and phone number. So, call 855-5-NJ-DIET 855-5-NJ-DIET or schedule your consult today at NJDiet.com That's NJDiet.com Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. Resolve to recycle more, recycle paper, bottles, and cans directly, and recycle old clothes by donating them. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one
6: thing? Hard-working construction workers, the backbone of our city, are being pushed to the limit. In today's greedy world, developers are cutting corners and prioritizing financial gain over the welfare of their workers. Sadly, they put profits over people, recklessly gambling with the lives of their workers, skirting safety measures for savings. If you've been injured in a construction accident, there's only one New York attorney to turn to. That's Michael the Bull Lehmansoff, a true New Yorker. Michael the Bull will fervently battle to hold negligent construction owners and landlords accountable for their actions, fighting to get you the compensation you deserve. With over half a billion in settlements and verdicts. Tell him your story at michaelthebull.com. That's michaelthebull.com. or call him immediately at 212-962-1020. That's 212-962-1020. Michael the Bull Lamansoft will refuse to let injustice prevail. And remember, as construction owners and landlords have found out, if you mess with the bull, you're going to get the horns. Visit
7: michaelthebull.com now. Attention, U.S. taxpayers. Do you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS? Listen carefully to this important consumer alert. What's coming next? tax levies, liens, wage garnishments, home, auto, and business seizures. Don't wait for these disasters to happen to you. Call the Easy Tax Relief Helpline right now and find out how you may be able to resolve your tax debt by as much as 99%. VIRS has changed, offering fresh relief programs including the Fresh Start Initiative. Resolve your IRS issues fast and protect your money and assets. Call the Easy Tax Relief Helpline right now to find out if you qualify for one of several programs that may reduce your tax debt by as much as 99 percent. Do nothing and your penalties and interest will continue to grow out of control. Call now 800-505-7103. Don't try to handle it all by yourself. Call the Easy Tax Relief Helpline now 800-505-7103. 800-505-7103. 800 505 7103. Town Fair Tire became New England's number one discount tire dealer by giving you the absolute lowest prices guaranteed. And with over 100 stores from Connecticut to Maine, we'll beat anybody's price. Other dealers, we beat them. Warehouse clubs, we beat them. Online sites, we beat them all every day. So remember, for the absolute guaranteed lowest price on name brand tires, nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody.
6: At discount prices. Town not
4: Tire
7: now, during Staples Print Big Sale, get $20 off your print purchase of $100 or more, $50 off your print purchase of $200 or more, and $100 off your print purchase of $300 or more. So the more you print at Staples, the more you save. To demonstrate, print, print, print at Staples. You save, save, save. But if you print, 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 print at Staples, you save, 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 save. See how that works. Staples Print Big Sale. Print more, save more. Up to $100. And two ten. visit staples.com print for details.
5: The Home Depot makes it easy to shop and save on appliances in-store and online. Enjoy savings on top brands like GE, LG, Frigidaire, Whirlpool, and more. Find kitchen appliances with helpful features like customized organization and save time with laundry appliances that have faster wash and dry cycles. Shop now and get up to $450 off select appliances at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid January 4th through 24th. Gas ranges and dryers extra. U.S. only. See store or online for details. At your local Kia dealers, discover what happens when rugged capability meets the performance. Learn more at Kia.com. Kia, movement that inspires.
0: When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. The New York Rangers have won. New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Come on, clap your hands. I
1: don't know this one, it's a new one. Is this a rejoin or is this you freestyling? Rejoin. I've never heard this one. It takes me by surprise when you hear a new one. 877 337 6666. will here with you for another hour. That's about it. Take you to five o'clock in the warm up show. 877 337 6666. You can also hit me up on Twitter at CMACWFAN as someone just did. And, and Fliegelman would get a kick out of this because we were just. Kind of talking about this, someone just hit me up on Twitter and said, oh, here we go, Yankee hot stove. I've literally done everything besides the Yankees. Like, literally, I did everything besides the Yankees. If
4: somebody went on the Odyssey app and hit the rewind and went back in all the chapters, every segment, it starts with Dable. Then there was, you know, Giants and football in general. Um, Rodgers, Mets, Rangers, (laughs) Knicks. I mean, I guess you didn't do the Islanders and the Devils and the Nets, but... You hit on a bunch of big ones, and I joke to you. The only team that you had not talked about, yep. they came up in connection to Sheffield and the offseason. A little bit, yeah. The only team that has not been the focus of a segment is the New York Yankees. But you're saving that for 4 a.m. and Geo. I'm saving that for 4 a.m. and Geo, of course.
1: I'm saving that for Yankee Hot Stove. But of course, here we go, Yankee Hot Stove. I'm like, you, my reputation has preceded me. Like, I got this other guy who's just claiming, I, I you know, he's like, what'd he say? Um, my fandom. Uh, it listening to you sounds listening to you sounds like
4: listening to a fan, and uh, I mean you would never want that on a station no, called
1: the fan. I know. That, I was getting to that point. I want to, but he's he's getting on me for <laughs> he's getting on me for never criticizing uh, the Giants or the Yankees. I guess. And while I've been a Cashman defender. I'm pretty sure I've been on them for not doing enough, and the Giants.
4: You were the first host this year to destroy the Giants and say go tank mode.
1: Yes, the very first one. I've killed the Giants. I've killed the Giants over and over again because I've def- because but he picks up on one show and I'm defending Brian Dable and suddenly I never criticize the Giants. I criticize the Giants left and right. They're one of the more losing franchises in the in the sport right now, year in and year out. At two and eight, I was furious with them and wanted them to lose. I I don't know what else I can do. Like it's just people hear what they want to hear. I do I do four hours. Finally, mention the Yankees, the Yankee hot stove. I criticize the Giants for weeks. A story comes out where the coach is on fire, and I defend the coach. I do nothing. I'm a I'm a Giant sympathizer. Like it's just I know that's I know that's Twitter, and I'm not the only one who gets that. But it just it cracks me up sometimes. Just, and God forbid, I sound like a fan. I know what we should have experts on here. This is the fan. The idea that you think I'm talking, I think one and he said one time to me before too, this guy's like, I could have the same conversation in a bar, and I'm like, that's exactly what we're going for. like the i like don't you get it? Don't you get what the fan is? Do you think I should pontificate to you from up on high with 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 points that can't be disputed and with some sort of You know, expert knowledge on every subject I bring up? Or should we have a conversation, sound like a couple buddies at a bar, on the fan? Like, that's exactly what I'm going for. So thank you for the compliment. The idea that you could pick this conversation up at a bar with you and your buddies is exactly what I'm trying to do. All right, so I don't know, if you want to listen to nothing but experts... I, I don't know what to tell you. Go do go listen to something else. I, I I'm an I'm a an educated fan on some subjects. And I have opinions and I try to entertain you. And this doesn't have to be a a, a a a lesson on sports radio. Apparently, Sean Marash does that. So if you want to take a class at Iona or wherever Sean's teaching sports radio, you can go do that. So I, I'm not trying to give you a dissertation on what this is supposed to be, but if you think you're knocking me. By telling me it sounds like a couple, it, I sound like a, a a couple of fans at a bar, and you could have stepped in on their conversation. Bingo. It's exactly what I'm going for. So thank you, sports reporter. And I, I mean, you know, God. Forbid. Oh, it's him. Yeah, the sports reporter guy. Do you know him personally, or you just know sports? No, reporter? but we've dealt with him. Yeah, before. we've dealt with him before. Yeah, I'm not surprised you've dealt with him before. I'm not surprised. That is his pictures hanging on the wall. Like Jerry with the bad checks. Not
4: surprised at all. What are the chances <laughs> he is a real reporter around <laughs> yeah, here and he just looks down on fans? I know. I You're saying, not yeah, that's in the it. clubhouse. That's
1: it. Yeah, no, of course. I'm not in I'm not I don't know what's going on with the team. 877-337. Sixty-six, sixty-six. Yes, God forbid you turn on the fan and hear someone who sounds like a fan. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. Crazy talk. But that's what I am. And that's why I listen. And I've said it. I started the show with it. I'm a fan of Brian Dable. I am. I've been disappointed with him at times this year. Of course, they lost. They lost a lot. And to start the year, it felt like, and certainly looked like against the Dallas Cowboys, that they were unprepared to start the season. And I bring that up a lot when people talk about winning the last few games of the year to breed a winning culture. Well, you know, they won a playoff game last year, and we can't shut up about it, and that bred such a winning culture that they didn't show up week one. So I've been down on Brian Dable more than I was last year, because how could you not be? They've been losing. But what I don't, what I won't do, is suddenly turn all the positives of last year and what he does best and who he is as a person, the feistiness, the fireiness, everything that was deemed as a positive, all the things that every Jet fan which their, wishes their coach had, which is some fire, some excitement. Getting in the face of Daniel Jones last year was a turning point of the season. This year it's, and now he's throwing tablets in disgust with Daniel Jones. Or, oh, now he's getting in the face of Tyrod Taylor. How about you look at yourself? That's the difference. When you win, look at how he got in the face of Daniel Jones, and and suddenly Daniel Jones stopped throwing touchdown, stopped throwing interceptions. Well, he never started throwing touchdowns. That was a Freudian slip. Stopped throwing interceptions. Changed the whole dynamic of the team. They went for two on that uh, in that game against Tennessee on opening week and changed everything. And this year, oh, look at this arrogant coach, frustratingly throwing tablets around with Daniel Jones. How about he looks in the mirror? That's the difference. And as the reports are out there right now, you all know it. Uh, It's been a couple days now since the Pat Leonard report about really being very difficult to the coaches, and particularly on game day. On game day, he loses his mind a little bit. Right, He yells a little bit. He blames the coaches for things. He's tough on his coaches. He's created an atmosphere where it's uncomfortable. And again, even that, even that we're okay with in the right situation. Right, I mean, we love Steinbrenner now. We love George Steinbrenner. He's rolling over in his grave at the way his son is handling business. If only George were here. If only George were back. George wouldn't stand for this nonsense. George would take care of this. George would fix this Yankee team. George's motto was to keep everybody in the organization uncomfortable and not know whether or not they're going to keep their jobs or whatever the case may be. He believed that's how people were at their best. But when a head coach does it and they lose football games, overbearing. And that's fine. And that's what it is. And on some level, does he need to calm down? Does he need to be, you know, cursing at people? Does he need to be blaming them for previous games in the middle of the next game? No. And there's a process that he probably needs to go through and understand how to change as a head coach, which the best always do. You adapt. Tom Coughlin adapted and formed a veteran committee of Michael Strahan and and Pierce and some other guys on the team and it led to changing how they felt about him and led to a Super Bowl championship. You change, you adapt. He gets to learn a little bit. And sure, I think it's a bi- I think it's a bit much, but I also think you're getting the story now when it Fully admitted by Pat Leonard and other people that this same thing was going on last year, but it wasn't a problem because they were winning. And now this year he's jettisoned a couple of linebacking coaches and led to Wink Martindale being fired up enough to scream and curse in his face and walk out the building, and now all the slings and arrows come his way. And that's what happens when you lose. But when we come back, I'll tell you why Not not only do I not care that much or think it's a detriment to the team that he's feisty, And that he's like this with the coaches. I'm going to tell you when we get back why I think you could look at this and take out a major positive. And it should lead to Brian Dable and Joe Shane doing exactly what they need to do this offseason. And particularly in the draft.